Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. This is podcast number 165. I am talking today, I think, (laughs) if it all goes the way I plan, um, about 10 things that are over my clutter threshold. Kind of had fun coming up with this list. And I'll tell you why I've been thinking about this. Anyway, but before I do that, I just want to make sure that you, in case you're new here, if you're not new, you would already know, um, that you know about my new book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, and that it is available wherever books are sold in whatever format books are sold in, um, or whatever format in which books are sold. Anyway, so I was going to read you a review from Audible. I am going to do my very best to remember at the end of this podcast to explain how to get an audiobook on Audible. There are other formats where you can do it, but that's the one I'm familiar with. So I'm going to explain that because someone specifically asked me to do that in a podcast. So here's the review. Just period. Wow. Period. That's the title. I can't even tell you how many decluttering books I've read slash listened to slash reread and still nothing ever really sunk in and took. And you'd think if you've read one, you've read them all, but this one really is different. I could so relate to this author. I too am a creative and always see the potential in things, things that other people would just be like, what? And all these dreams of what I could potentially do or had been meaning to do, duh, even years later, uh, but duh, even years later, never did, yet I was collecting stuff just in case I did. Ugh, the container rule, mind blown. I have tons of audiobooks I have never finished. I know, shocker. This is her saying that, not me. But really, this one, I read it twice in a row, and I guarantee that won't be the last time. Truly, you won't be disappointed. It's a must read for anyone needing to declutter and not having a bigger mess than when you started. Okay, and not have a bigger mess than when you started. Okay, so I really appreciate that review. I appreciate reviews from all of you who have left one for me. Um, and I just want to encourage you to go and check that out because you can listen to it while you declutter. Okay, so I'm talking about 10 things that are over my clutter threshold. And so I spoke in Oklahoma City last weekend, and um, I always love talking about a clutter threshold. And one of the things that's really fun about this particular definition that I give um, is seeing how everybody assumes I'm talking about something other than what I'm actually talking about. So I see them go, oh, clutter threshold. Okay. And then I explain what I'm talking about. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Anyway, so the clutter threshold is the point at which stuff turns into clutter for you. The point at which you have too much stuff and you personally can no longer keep it under control. It is different for everyone. It is, you know, my mom I've talked about before, she's got the very high clutter threshold. She can have a ton of stuff in her house, keep it all under control, know where everything is, where everything goes, actually put things back where they go. Um, And I have a very low clutter threshold, meaning 
I can't keep a lot of stuff under control. It's not that I don't like a lot of stuff. That's what people assume I'm talking about with clutter threshold. They think I mean what they like or don't like. That's actually nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with how much stuff you like to have around, with how bare and um, open you like a space to be. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how much stuff can you personally, with your own unique brain, there are no degrees of uniqueness. Unique means one of a kind. That means you have a unique brain. So you may have a few overlaps with my brain. You might have some overlaps with some other people's brains, but you have your own unique brain. You have your own unique situation and you have your own unique clutter threshold. So it is the point for you personally. And the only way to find it is to declutter. If you're frustrated with your house, start decluttering. As you declutter, you will all of a sudden go, wow, after you've done it for a while. Wow, my house is a lot easier to keep under control now. I've finally hit that place for everything situation that you know people talk about in the fairy tales and all that. But it's unique to you. And when you hit that point, you've hit your clutter threshold. And it's a nice place to be because then you know, I need to start living the one in one out rule. Oh, things are starting to get out of control again. Well, it's because I need to declutter some more. So the clutter threshold, that's what that is. It is not what you can stand. It's what you can handle. Got it? Okay. Other things about a clutter threshold. It is going to change according to your current stage of life. Okay. There are things that I can handle right now that I couldn't handle. Unfortunately, I didn't know what a clutter threshold was because I hadn't made it up yet. But um, it existed for sure. Everybody's got one. I There are things I can handle now that I could not handle when my kids were younger. Um, there are things that... Another thing to know is it sometimes... There are things that you could handle, except that you either have to or want to focus on this other thing. And when I say that, what I mean is it's kind of like the container concept with time. I don't have all the time in the world. So unfortunately, people like me tend to say yes to a lot of things. And I'm not even talking about not being able to say no That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I say yes to things because I want to do it all. I mean, I'm like, ooh, that sounds fun. All right, I'm gonna do that. Ooh, that sounds fun too. Oh my goodness, well, that sounds fun. I wanna do that too. That's my personality type. That is what I observe to be the personality type of a whole lot of people who are um, following me and who relate to the things that I say. So that personality type Acknowledging the whole container concept tends to be hard for us. Acknowledging the container concept with time, meaning I do not have an infinite amount of time to do all the things that I really would love to do. And so if I'm going to start one thing, it means I have to let go of another. There's also this more ambiguous concept of the, the, um, what am I trying to say here? The, the mind power that I have, the brain power that I have to handle such and such, I can't handle all of it. 
So I may need to let certain things go at certain points in my life to be able to handle the things that I really need to be able to handle. So years ago, early on, I wrote a post on the blog after I had watched Tangled with my daughter, which is honestly my favorite of the Disney princess movies. And what was funny about it, we were watching it and I was in the beginning of blogging. So I was very much cleaning on the brain and housekeeping and all that kind of stuff. Well, in the beginning, there's this fantastic song. She sings and she dances and she cleans in her house and she's cleaning up. And it's very clear that this is her daily routine. You know, she has basically no life. She's in the tower all by herself. Her wicked mother that she thinks is her wonderful mother, you know, just comes randomly or whatever, but she's there by herself, absolutely nothing to do, no friends, no life. And this is her routine is she runs around singing and dancing and cleaning every single day. So my question was, once she gets out of that tower and gets into real life and she's got, you know, a husband, a really cute husband, but really, you know, a husband, horses to take care of. She eventually has kids. She's just got people to hang out with, people to talk to. Who cleans the castle at that point? You know, I mean, like once Rapunzel gets a life, who cleans the castle? So like for me, um, I had one semester in college when I had a 4.0. Now I was, I had made all A's in high school and, you know, was salutatorian and all that. I mean, like grades were, you know, really important to me, but I made a conscious decision <laughs> because this is my personality that I was going to college to have fun and I wasn't going to flunk out or anything. You know, I mean, I got A's and B's, but I was like, I am not going to kill myself to get A's. I'm going to, you know, do well, but I'm going to have fun, you know? And so it just wasn't that important to me to get A's. Well, the one or all A's, the one semester when I had a 4.0, which is all A's was the semester when I had no life. Like I just didn't, I had my, um, I had transferred schools, which is hard in and of itself, you know, to meet people and make friends when you're a little older than most of the people who are there. Um, I, my grandfather had died in a car accident right before I was supposed to go. So I was late getting there and missed all of the potential opportunities for me to have met people. And so, you know, it just took me a long time. That first semester, it took me time to get going, to get moving, to start making friends, to start getting a life. And when I didn't have a life, yeah, I did great. I got a 4.0. But once I had a life, I went back down to, you know, lower because that was a trade that I was willing to make because I really liked having a life. Um, and kids, just so you know, I'm just going to say this. You can have so much. I say this to kids because I hear from moms all the time who say they listen with their kids, but I'm, pr- I'm promising you, you can have so much fun in college and never even drink. I mean, like there are people who think that all college kids drink. I did not even drink. And I had the most fun in college. Totally sober. I remember almost everything except what being a mother has deleted from my brain. But anyway, I love, loved that time. And that's just my encouragement to you. Okay, done preaching for that exact subject for the moment. All right. So what are some things that are over my clutter threshold? And the reason I talk about that is there are things that I can handle now that I couldn't handle before. There are things I could handle before that I can't handle now. And that's just life. That's just how it goes. And a lot of times people like me tend to hang on to things because I did love it at one time. And I did 
put a ton of effort into it. And so I keep trying to hang on to that. But the simple fact is my life has changed and I can't handle it anymore. And a lot of times it only serves to stress me out because I either feel guilty about not doing it or it's taking up space in my home that um, I really need to use for something that I actually am doing right now. Okay, 10 things over my clutter threshold. Toy boxes. The end. No, um, I love the idea of lots of cute little storage cubbies for all sorts of different things. Um, toy boxes did not work for me. Um, smaller, shallower, item specific storage with my kids rooms worked much better for me than big boxes to throw stuff in. Okay. I think you know what I'm talking about. I go into it in great detail in the book that you need to get anyway. But though toy boxes are over my clutter threshold, not because toy boxes are bad things, but I personally with the way that I roll can't have this big big thing with a lid on it to throw stuff in, in my kid's room. So what we do instead now is we have smaller. My daughter had a small ish. Okay. It still fit like 30 Barbies in it, but a small ish paint bucket that she put Barbies in. And that was a container. It limited the Barbies. All right. She had a space for stuffed animals. Those shelves were the space for stuffed animals. I couldn't just, you know, keep building more and more and more shelves, I had to have that limit. So toy boxes do not serve well as a limit for me because they are random. And that just did not work well. Things got thrown in there. Here's the thing that uh, made me think of this. And that is a couch protector. I bought one recently on Zulily. I was proud of myself. I thought this is going to be great. It's the same color as my couch. It's not a couch cover. It's a couch protector. And so it kind of, you know, goes up over the top and then down over the bottom and over the, um, the sides. And I guess the idea is that you can take it off when you want your couch to look all new and neat. So it's not really covering it up. It's just protecting it. And you know, I have teenage boys and, um, they are lovely people, but it's hard on my furniture. So anyway, I bought this couch protector. Well, I get it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got the reclining couch. I can't actually tie it the way that it's supposed to be tied. Okay, well, I'll just kind of, you know, set it on here and try to straighten it. And blah. Here's the thing. There are people in the exact same situation as me who could totally handle having a couch protector on their couch, on a couch exactly like mine. I guarantee it. They could handle it because there are people who walk through and a wampy jawed couch protector drives them crazy and they go over and they straighten it and they straighten it three times a day or 15 times a day or even once a day and it doesn't get out of control. I don't even notice it until all of a sudden one day I'm like, why is my living room a complete and total pigsty. Well, it's because that couch protector is wadded up and I'm not even kidding, wadded up on one end of the couch. And then all this other clutter has collected around it because when you have a wadded up couch protector, which a couch protector is huge, um, it's over there and it just is a huge disaster. And I realized 
that couch protector is a neat idea and it's a valuable item and it's wonderful, but it is above my personal clutter threshold because I don't have the personality to check it and fix it. Okay. And here's the thing. Keep trying. If that drives you crazy, you're like, I need to be the person who checks it and fix it, fixes it. Then implement that habit in the same way that I talk about implementing all habits, you know, solve that problem today and then solve it again tomorrow so that it doesn't, um, you know, before it becomes a problem again and then solve it every day for seven weeks and then not seven weeks. Well, yeah, seven weeks, solve it every day for seven days and you'll figure out a way that works in your home for your family. And that's how you do a habit. But I looked at that couch protector and it just drove me crazy. I'm like, I don't care enough. And so I just got rid of the couch protector and guess what? I like my couch. My living room has looked significantly neater since I stuck that couch protector, which cost me like a lot of money for someone as cheap as me in the donate box. But putting it in the donate box removed stress and it made my overall um, living room look so much neater. Okay. Beach towels, which, okay, so my kids don't listen to this podcast. I don't think. But if you're on Instagram, I recommend that you go, if you're on there and you're listening to this ASAP, go watch my stories. Anyway, so I did get my beach, I did get beach towels for my kids for, um, for Easter. And then I'm sitting here looking at this list saying that I can't handle beach towels. Um, but honestly, I'm going to let them use them as their own personal towels because, you know, then they can reuse them and they're nice and big, but whatever. Who knows? Maybe I'll donate them after a while. But as far as during the summer going to the pool, we don't do um, beach towels. We don't do towels. We drip dry. We just do. My son did his lifeguard certification, or at least the first little test for it um, recently. We were in this big, nice, super nice place in downtown Dallas. And um, he comes out and he's just dripping on the floor. And I'm like, honey, you're supposed to bring a towel. And he, I said, they, I think they even said they have towels for you. And he's like, oh, we don't use towels. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We don't, but we're usually outside in the summer and you draw off pretty quick. But the truth is when we tried to use towels, we'd use them at the beginning of the summer, usually until we gave up, but we'd end up with all these towels in the car mildewing and stinking and all that. And so it just was easier for us to not have towels in the car or not take towels with us to the pool. So that's above my clutter threshold. Now, these are examples of how my personal clutter threshold is so super low. Uh A lot of this comes down to hassle factor too. Have you noticed that? Okay. This kind of goes along with toy boxes, but it's cubbies. All these, especially little organization systems that have all these neat little drawers and boxes and tubs that fit into these little spaces and squares. I love looking at that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, I look at that and it makes me happy to see it. It does not work in my house. I just have to have less stuff. I do not do it. And it's because I pull things out. I enjoy the using of things And then life happens and I leave and it doesn't get put back in there until it's this big project. And so for me, it's easier to just have a whole lot less stuff in a much smaller space. And because there's less of it, I don't feel this need to keep everything super duper sorted. That's just well above my clutter threshold. Make sense? Okay. Um, Shoe benches. Yeah. So 
when I, you know, I lived overseas for a couple of years in Thailand and, you know, you don't wear shoes indoor, indoors in Thailand. And so a lot of people had these shoe cabinets, shoe benches and things. Well, there are things where the, um, it looks like it's a drawer, but it actually just kind of swings out forward and then you slip the shoes in and they're really neat. Well, I bought one and it just never worked. It it just didn't work for us because we are kick your shoes off kind of people. So it's better for me to have an open shoe shelf at the back door than it is for me to have a shoe shelf. It's also better for me to have fewer pairs of shoes because of my low clutter threshold, because of my non-existent desire to straighten shoes 20 times a day. It's easier just to have fewer shoes. And then that way, when they are a mess, they're a smaller mess. Okay. Um, hanger holders. Y'all, I told you about this. It's probably been a little over a year ago. I was so excited about this hanger holder. I saw one at Academy, uh, sports, sporting goods store. And I thought they were using it at the counter. And I was like, Oh, what is that? They put the, the, hanger in this little thing and it slides down and it keep, kept them all neatly stacked and kept them from getting tangled. And I thought, oh, so I came home. I looked on Amazon for a hanger holder. I found one. It's just, no, it's just, it's above my clutter threshold. There are people who will neatly put hangers into the hanger holder and then pull them off gently so they don't just get completely tangled even though they were okay before there are people who do that i am not one of those people so it's easier for me to just go through closets grab the hangers that i need bring them to the laundry room use them that day and you know to hang clothes on and then take those clothes back and then next laundry day get the empty hangers bring them that is easier for me than this disaster of a hanger holder. Okay. Um, does it seem like a lot of these things are detail oriented and I'm not kind of does, doesn't it? Okay. I'm going to say this one. And this is one of the examples of times where you go, this is personally above my clutter threshold, but because of a stage of life or because of people I love in my life, I have to let go of other things in order to be able to put the focus on this to make this work. And that's Legos. Legos are way over my personal clutter threshold. I'm a little bit, there's times when I feel guilty that maybe I deprived my children of Legos. But then there's also times where I say, you know what, kids who love Legos love Legos. And my kids have never just begged for Legos. I'm just going to not worry about it. But Legos are above my personal clutter threshold. But what I'm saying is, if your kid loves Legos, well, then you may need to say, okay, well, we're going to get rid of all these other things so that this room has actual space for creating Lego creations, which my experience that I do have, which is minimal in that because we have tried them over the years, is you've got to have open, flat, uncluttered space to deal with Legos because there are so many little pieces and so many little steps. That's what makes me crazy. But those 
if if that's the thing, then it's like, okay, well, if we're going to make Legos our thing, then that means we can't also have all these other millions of different things that we have going on. We may need to say, well, we're going to clear this out and make this a Lego focused playroom. Got it? Or play space or play corner or play table or whatever it is that you have. Um, yes, that's what I have to say about that. Okay, here's one. Um, garage sales. I know. I thought bad thoughts about the person that mentioned that people with clutter issues shouldn't go to garage sales. Because I loved garage sales. And I still enjoy going to garage sales. But I maybe hit three a year, where I used to hit 10 every Friday and every Saturday, like 10 every Friday and 10 every Saturday. I can't be a consistent garage sailor. Unfortunately, I wish I could. I love garage sales, but I see too many things for too cheap that have too many possibilities. But the reality is, unlike people who can handle garage sales, when they come home, they immediately put things where they go, do the one in, one out, replace, blah, blah, blah. I don't. I enjoy the thrill of buying it. And then it tends to stay in whatever bag or box or pile I brought it home in, in my own garage. I can't handle garage sales. I'm so sorry. Sunday school papers. Um, so before I started doing what I do before I started my deslobification process, when I would pick my kids up from Sunday school and they would have a paper in their hand, I actually really did at least once, probably multiple times said, Oh, well, if there's any extras, you should take those too. Because if you take the extras, then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what if my child wants to teach the Sunday school lesson to their teddy bears? And then they can really have it like a real class and pass out the extra papers and let their teddy bears. Anyway, that's how my brain worked. I have realized now that um, 99.9% of those papers that I brought home, especially the extra ones, ended up in the floorboard of my car. So they're above my clutter threshold. Some people can do that. Some people can maintain the routines of making sure those papers get out of the car and into the room and then paying attention to the fact that either they're finished playing with them or that they never played with them and then get them thrown away. Um, I can't. I think about the possibility in the moment and then never think about it again. And those things just become trash. So that's one of the things that I my kids learned pretty quickly after I started decluttering my own house and realizing, oh yeah, I can't handle this. Um, that, you know, oh, sorry, teacher, I can't take those because my mom won't let me. Um, and then the last one I'm going to say is selling online. And this goes back to the whole, if you're gonna, if you need the money for something, sell it but don't let it sit around. I did sell online for years. I was awesome at it. I mean, I had major organizational systems of 
packing, you know, cleaning, photographing, listing, packing, shipping, all, I mean, I was on it all the time. However, once other things started taking up my time and my brain space, I couldn't handle that anymore. And so during the time I was doing that, I was letting other things go. So where does your focus need to be right now on which of those? And something as I finish something that I said, just a minute ago, I want to make sure you caught and that is, I learned a lot about which things I could and couldn't handle through decluttering. So you'll find your clutter threshold through decluttering. You'll find which things are above your clutter threshold by decluttering. As you declutter and you you have that moment of, seriously, how do I have an entire cabinet full of fill in the blank? That fill in the blank thing, feeling and experiencing that frustration over, seriously, why do I have all of this? that right there is going to help you understand these things are over my clutter threshold or clearing out something that's a big jumbled mess of something that you brought into your house thinking was going to be the best thing you'd ever brought into your house, but it turned out it was just in a big jumbled mess. Sorting through that big jumbled mess will reveal to you, yeah, I can't actually handle having this kind of stuff or doing things in this way or whatever. Okay. All right, so I promised you I was going to explain how to do Audible. So um, I am not actually a member of Audible yet, even though it's kind of on my list of things that I'm planning on doing soon, um, just because I'm really enjoying audiobooks so much. Uh, But you can be a member of Audible, which means I'm not going to go into details because I don't understand it. Let me explain how to do audiobooks through Audible when you're not a member. It's simply an app in the app store. So if you go and find the Audible app, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, in the app store or on whatever kind of app store you have for your device, find the Audible app. And here's where it gets tricky. Within the Audible app, you can search for books. But at least on the iPhone, you can't actually buy an Audible book on the Audible app. And the reason is, my understanding is that um, Apple, like digital purchases through apps from the App Store, Apple takes their cut. And so they don't actually let you do that. You have to go onto Amazon. Audible and Amazon are related somehow. They own each other, whatever. I don't know. But they they are related. So if you are on Amazon, it's going to give you an option audible. And what's confusing is often it'll say $0 with your audible membership. That doesn't matter. Okay. It's if you don't want a membership, that's fine. If you just want the one single book, you go over to the side, look down because they kind of make it, you know, they want you to have a membership. So it does take a little thing, you know, which I, like I said, I'm really looking into having a membership. So, but as you look on the side there, you're going to see where um, it has like a price to actually just purchase that audiobook. Just, it's an audible audiobook, just purchase it right there and you purchase it through Amazon. 
or I think you can probably do it audible.com on your desktop, just not on the app and on an iPhone. And then um, it's going to just magically show up inside of your Audible app as long as you are signed in to Audible, you know, your Amazon account. So it's all connected. So it'll just kind of show up there. You'll download it in there just like you do a podcast within the podcast, Apple Podcasts app. And then you can listen to it just like you would, you just tap on it and it plays. Okay. Um, the one thing I do want to make sure that you notice, and this is one of those things that I cannot give details because the prices change all the time and nobody tells me anything. Um, it's usually one of you guys who will say, Hey, guess what? Whatever. But a lot of times there, if you own the Kindle version, the Audible version is cheaper than it would be if you just bought it on its own. I don't know how much cheaper, but it often comes out to being not that much more expensive to own both. And the reason for that is they have something called WhisperSync. So if you have the Kindle version and you're reading it on your Kindle and you stop somewhere, and then you go listen to the Audible version, as long as you've been on Wi-Fi and so it's somehow communicated to each other, you go and listen to it on Audible, it's going to pick up in the same place where you stopped reading before on your Kindle and vice versa. Okay. So that, that's, you know, they really encourage They're I mean, they're trying to sell you stuff, which I mean, I'm amazingly grateful for the service and for opportunity. But anyway, so I just want to make sure you knew that. Okay. I'm going to quit for now. Thanks for joining me today. Um, And don't forget that I will be in Atlanta, San Diego, and Asheville-ish, North Carolina, Junaluska, somebody said. I don't know if it's Junaluska or Junaluska. Anyway, Um, but I will be in those three places in April and in Minneapolis in June. So I would love to meet you there. Okay. I think that's all I was going to say. Oh, I know. I'm going to do an Instagram contest. I'll talk about it in next week's podcast, but I'm kind of excited. It's going to be fun. So go ahead and follow me on Instagram and then listen. I'm a slob comes clean on Instagram and then listen next week for the contest. It's just going to be really fun. Okay. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.